NFL Championship Sunday, baby. It was a good one. I'm tired. Again, I'm filming this one late at night. What is it? We got 12-11, so it is January the 25th in the morning. And you know why I'm tired? Because I had such a long and amazing day of watching football. What else would you rather be doing on a Sunday when you have NFL playoff on Championship Sunday? We had the Chiefs and Bills and the Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Guys, it was an amazing, amazing weekend. Amazing games this weekend. And I'm just here. Let's keep the good times. Let's just have a good time. So wherever you are listening, I'd appreciate it if whatever you're listening on, whether that be Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, YouTube, whatever it is you're listening on, I'd appreciate it if you drop a rating, drop a like, whatever it is, drop a comment, leave a review, do whatever it is, because we'd really appreciate that here. Again, today it's only me. I just decided to keep the podcast going. I had one that I filmed at 1.30 in the morning yesterday, and I liked it. I had some fun with that. So that's why I'm back here. I was just having fun. Like that, that was just me going out and having some fun talking some football. And I was like, you know what? I enjoy doing that. Like, I enjoy making my videos on YouTube. By the way, if you are not subscribed, two touchdowns to home runs on YouTube, go do that now because I suggest you will love the content. We already have some videos about Super Bowl previews, which we are going to touch on today. And we are going to give our recaps today. But, man, I love doing these. I could talk for hours. That's why I'm here. That's why you guys are listening right now. So sit back, relax, or stand up, and do whatever Because no matter what you're doing, you can enjoy this Touchdowns to Home Runs podcast. So thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. And let's get to it because we could do this. I could do this all night long. Like I break out my Lionel Richie impression all night long. I I can't play the song because I get copyrighted, but I can sing it. I'm a pretty good singer. You guys might know. I should. Why am I on Apple Podcasts when I should just be on Apple Music by now? Like. I got to make my own recording studio and everything. Got to make some tracks. And we could we could hit the market, man. You could see touchdowns to home runs on Apple Music real soon. I got a voice. People tell me I have the face for radio. My dad tells me that all the time. I have the face for radio. And I have the voice for silent movies. That's, that's like the reverse. That's pretty funny. I just came up with that. So that's my trademark. If any of you guys are going to use that, you have... The voice for silent movies, you have to say, Noah from Touchdowns to Home Runs owns that legally. But let's get into this Sunday. This Sunday, the game starting off, we got to start off with the Bucks and Packers. Obviously, the first game, you have two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Even though I don't like talking about one of them, you have Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers quarterback. I almost screwed that up. I don't like saying the word Green Bay Packers, and I never will. As a huge Bears fan myself. I don't like the Packers. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I don't like Devontae Adams. I don't like Aaron Jones. You know who I do like on the Packers? Kevin King. Kevin King, my favorite player on the Packers. Because he had some busted coverages today. It was... it was, he Obviously, the one that everyone's going to talk about is the obvious last play before the first half ends. You, you just know that... All you have to do is go into prevent. Do not let them get in the end zone. So what? Let them get a five-yard gain to the outside and try to kick a, what, 52-yard field goal? I think they were in rage for a 57 at the time. Let them take that. But instead, you let them get behind the secondary. 
Kevin King blows his coverage on, I think it was Mike Evans, or no, Scotty Miller. It was Scotty Miller. Just goes up. Brady pinpoints the ball as he was all day today. And you saw I'd never seen as many drops in a single day of watching football. Like, you could have all 32 teams playing in one Sunday, and I still don't think that you would see as many drops in the whole league as you did today. There were unbelievable amount. From both sides, every single team, every single team had drops, and they were not good drops, just bad, bad catching abilities. But Scotty Miller was able to pull that one in. You had Mike Evans catching one. I remember, I can't remember if Godwin did or not, but he had some huge, huge, huge catches for the Buccaneers. There was one that was like a third and third and 19 that he took for a first down. There's another one, a deep third down that he caught. He juggled the ball kind of. Those were some huge plays, and those were a big reason on why Tampa Bay was able to come out with the win here. Also, that Tampa Bay defense, first of all, Whitefield with that unbelievable hit. I can't remember who that was on. That was either on Jamal Williams or... Uh, Aaron Jones. I think it was Aaron Jones because Aaron Jones went out with an injury after that. So I'm pretty sure it was Aaron Jones. Huge hit there, forcing the fumble. Devin White picks it up and has a good return. You have Murphy Bunting, who has been on fire the last couple games. I think he has three interceptions in the last two games. He had two against the Saints and one today. Murphy Bunting and this Tampa Bay secondary, they were holding their own against a good Packers receiving core. Obviously, you have Devontae Adams, who many would argue is the best wide receiver in the league this season. Others would argue Stephon Diggs should also be in that conversation. But Devontae Adams, he had some drops today. He dropped one in the end zone for the Packers today. It was just a simple hit Devontae Adams out in the flats. You go an out route on about the two-yard line. I didn't like the throw from Rodgers. Honestly, the commentators were all like, you know what, Devontae, that was a drop, clean drop. He should have had that or whatever. But I was like, I don't know about that. I wasn't too huge on that throw by Aaron Rodgers. I thought it was low and outside, and I think it, it, if Devontae would have caught that, it would have been a great catch. I didn't like the throw from Aaron Rodgers, and everyone was acting like it was Devontae's fault. I didn't think it was. I thought that that was clearly a 50-50. Like, both were at fault. Yes, he could have caught it. Yes, Aaron Rodgers could have thrown it better. So just split the blame. I don't get why they had to fully blame Devontae Adams for that, but they did. Uh, the big topic of this game and what everyone is talking about after this game is Matt LaFleur's decision to kick a field goal down eight with about, could have been like, it was like four or three minutes left in the game. LaFleur decides to kick a field goal at that point, and they go up, or they get the field goal, obviously. They go up five, but you are giving the ball back to Tom Brady, to Leonard Fournette, to Chris Godwin, to Mike Evans, to Rob Gronkowski, to all those guys. You only have three. You're basically praying on a three and out, which they obviously didn't get. I think they made a really smart decision, though. Once the two-minute warning happened and the um, it was like second and one or whatever, they took the offside or whatever they did some kind of penalty I can't remember what it was but so the clock would still be stopped there's no runoff because the clock was already previously stopped due to the uh, two-minute warning so the clock doesn't have any runoff give them the first down and then you have your three timeouts on a fresh first and ten and if you stop them three consecutive downs your team's gonna get the ball back with about I don't know a minute left two minutes left a minute 30 something like that try to go down the field but obviously they didn't get that 
And there's a game right there. All they had to do, rush the ball. And guess what the Patriots did? I mean, not the Patriots. Oh, my gosh. It's still crazy that Tom Brady's on the Buccaneers. The Patriots. Uh, that's funny. Patriots didn't even make the playoffs this year. Patriots weren't that good this year. Although the Patriots were one of my favorite teams because one of my players, favorite players, Cam Newton, was on that team. The beginning of the season, I was really excited about him on the Patriots. And towards the end of the season, I think we all know how the story goes with Cam Newton. I still love him. Still one of my favorite players of all time. But in his time in the NFL may be up. His time in the NFL may be up. But going back to that decision to kick the field goal, man. If they would have gone for that. I didn't even think it was that long. I think it was like, what, it was like fourth and three or something like that. I could be completely wrong about that. But I, I don't think that it was... That I don't think that the down was that far away. It was like an obvious, like, you can clearly make this. It wasn't like they were put in some 4th and 20 situation and then you go, you know what, maybe you should kick the field goal. It wasn't even 4th and 10. That was a real interesting decision and one that a lot of people are going to be talking about for a long time. Another big factor of this game was the Tyler Johnson pass interference call, which obviously you've seen... All the Buccaneers fans say, yes, that is clearly a hold or pass interference. And you've seen the Packers fans say, there's no way that that's a pass interference. That ball was not catchable. And honestly, I agree with both arguments, but whoever was defending for the Packers, I can't remember, but he made it a bit too obvious that he was holding him. You gotta, if you're going to do something like that, you got to make it sneaky. You can't just full out hold on to his thing because once they see that whether the refs think the ball's catchable or not that's kind of a end of discussion thing that they do after there's going to be a flag thrown and that flag even though it was thrown like three seconds after the play happened it felt like an eternity it felt like an hour till that flag went out like everyone was looking around the whole stadium was like what's going on they were excited because they didn't think a flag was thrown and then of course the ref throws the flag Patriots get a first down, and then from there, I think they just run it maybe once or twice and then take their knees and take the win and go on to Tampa Bay, first team ever to play a home game or play at their home stadium for a Super Bowl. I heard a couple of teams like the Rams, they played at the Rose Bowl, which isn't their home stadium or it wasn't back then, and there was some other one in California that they played at like UCLA or something like that. Something like that. But no one has ever played in their home stadium before for a Super Bowl. First team ever, Tampa Bay. And the one year it has to happen is during COVID when you can't have full capacity fans. 7,500 fans have been confirmed to be frontline workers, which was a great move from the NFL. Having those guys because they deserve it. They're the reason that we have football. So... Frontline workers, we appreciate you. Thank you very much. And they definitely deserve, they deserve more than those Super Bowl tickets, but it was good that we got to do something or the NFL did something for them because they have worked hard and they have got us to this point that we're at now where we're playing football. We're having a Super Bowl and they're all vaccinated. Even gets better, even gets better than that. So that's the first game. Second game, you talk about this Bills Chiefs game. Starting off the game, the Bills were up 9-0. It felt so long ago, and it doesn't feel like it actually happened that the Bills were ever up in this game, and it looked like they were running away with the game. 9-0, obviously, yet Bass missed the extra point, but Nicole Hardman drops the ball, drops a punt 
right on the one or something. The Bills get the ball, throw it to Dawson Knox, and all of a sudden you see the Bills up 9 nothing in this game. But the only problem was the guys you have on the opposite sideline for the Bills, you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, you're going up against Tyreek Hill, who also dropped a big ball, a big third down today. There's a ton of drops when I tell you that. Everyone was dropping balls. There was balls dropped all over the field in Lambeau Field and in Arrowhead Stadium. It was not a clean day of football for the receivers. It could be the cold weather, but it was not a clean day at all. Bills go up 9-0. Bills go up 9-0, and then the Chiefs come back. The Chiefs start playing. Patrick Mahomes starts doing those Patrick Mahomes things that you're like, wait a minute, he should have been sacked. That should not have been a 20-yard gain. It just doesn't make any sense. But I guess that's what Mahomes does. Mahomes just goes out. And he improvises better than anyone in the NFL has ever improvised before. Just making something out of nothing. And it's not just a small something. It's not just you're saving yourself from getting sacked and you go for like a two or three yard game. Like this guy is completing first downs, 20 yard passes, 30 yard passes when he should be sacked. It's unbelievable and it's extremely frustrating for the other team and the fans of the other team. I was cheering for the Bills in this game. I'm from Toronto. I wanted the Bills are the closest team to me. Even though I'm a Bears fan, I wanted Bills Mafia to have this win and I wanted to see the Bills win. There's a lot of likable players on the Bills. And Bills Mafia, good fan base, great fan base, deserved a win. And sadly, they came up short. But there's always next season. There's always next season. So I hope to see the Bills back in a good position for next season in the AFC Championship and hopefully onto the Super Bowl. But it looks like it may be hard to get past the Chiefs. It might be a difficult task. Might be a difficult task. I don't know if the Bills can do it next year. I think they play each other next year in Arrowhead, so that should be a great game. The revenge game, will Buffalo be able to go back into KC and come out with a win? I don't know yet. We're going to have to wait till next year. But before we get into next year, why are we talking about next year when we have a game two Sundays from now? Two Sundays from now, we have football. We have the Super Bowl. We have Super Bowl 55 from Tampa Bay, Florida. And I'm just going to preview that now because should be an amazing game. Should be a really, really well-run game. Lots of offensive explosive power. I like Tampa Bay's defense in this one. If anyone's going to hold up, if anyone's defense has been hot recently, and out of all the defenses that KC's gone up against so far in this playoffs, like who they gone up against? Cleveland, and they've gone up against the Bills. I like where the Buccaneers are at defensively. They've been getting some pressure on the quarterback. You have Vita Vea, you have JPP, you got Ndamukin Sue. They've all been getting the quarterback. You got a great linebacker tandem in Levante David and Devin White who have been playing outstanding, especially Devin White. One of the best linebackers in all the NFL, no question about it. I knew he was going to be an amazing player out of college, out of LSU. By the way, speaking of LSU, you got to love the players who wear the gold and the purple pads every single game, like Leonard Fournette, Devin White, a bunch of other guys who went to LSU still wear their old LSU pads, and I love that. It looks amazing on the field when you can see that. And it's just really cool for the to support your old college like that. Like, if Gamecock players did that, like, I'm a big Gamecocks fan. I think it would be sick if Gamecock players did that. It would be really, really cool if they did that. But that, getting sidetracked again, 
Devin White, Levante David have been really good. I said it. Murphy Bunting has been amazing. You got Whitefield, who's been playing really good. I think Tampa has a decent defense. Will it be able to hold up? I don't want to say will it be able to hold up. Will it be able to limit the Chiefs' offense to the best of its ability? Because I don't think anyone can shut KC out. I don't think anyone can hold KC to under 10 in the NFL this season. We're just in a whole new ballgame of offensive-powered teams. The defensive days are over. It's sad to say because that's classic football. Defensive football is classic football, but those days are over for college and for NFL. You no longer see Alabama have the big bad defenses of the league. You see them have some high-powered offense that's going out and putting up 50-something points every single game. To people who love offensive football, it's a great thing. To people who love defensive football, it's a terrible thing. I'm kind of in the middle because as much as I love to see a lot of scoring, I hate just seeing offenses run over defenses. It just gets kind of old. So I still like to see some good defensive play. As long as there's some turnovers in the game, I'm fine. Love to see some good old turnovers. Patriot, I'm Patriots. I said it again. I said it again. Tom Brady, man. Screwing with my mind. Buccaneers offense against Casey's defense. I like the Buccaneers offense against Casey's defense. If Tom Brady can be that on point, he's back in warm weather, so you're not going to have that cold Lambeau field weather. I like, I like, I loved where Tampa Bay's offense was at today. Lots of nice throws from Brady. Lots of good catches from all the Tampa Bay receivers, even though there was a couple dropped. Do not throw the ball to Leonard Fournette. Only run it to him. He cannot catch anything, but he can run the ball for sure. Leonard Floyd had a couple amazing runs, especially one for a touchdown today. Unbelievable runner. It's good to see him back because he was, what, the fourth overall pick in his draft class? Of a draft class with, like, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. You got a ton of good guys in that draft class. I think Aaron Jones was also in there. It's good to see Leonard Floyd back to playing good football. But I like the Tampa Bay's offense. I like the Chiefs' offense. But what team do I like more in this game? I'm going to be cheering for the Buccaneers in this game. I've already decided... That's going to be the team I want to win just because of the whole Brady storyline with him leaving Bill Belichick and whatever you call it and people saying, oh, Brady's nothing without Belichick. I'm not a Brady fan at all. I couldn't stand him on the Patriots, but it's just as a football fan, these are the storylines that you wait for all season to happen. Like I wanted, if I could pick any Super Bowl, excluding putting my Chicago Bears or Carolina Panthers in the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl I'd pick hands down would be Patriots versus Buccaneers. Like, that storyline does not get any better. Brady versus Belichick, the greatest coach versus the greatest player of all times. Doesn't get any better. So, I said it. I am going to be cheering for the Buccaneers in this game, but who would I pick if I had to put money on it? Lock it in right now. After seeing what I saw today, after seeing the explosive offensive performance I saw today from this particular team, it is just too hard to pick against them. It's really, really hard for me to pick against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm going to be cheering for Tampa. Go Bucks. But KC, Kansas City, is the more explosive team here. And that offense is going to be hard to slow down. And it's really hard for me to pick against that offense. So give me KC in a really early preview. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing rest of your day or night or whatever it is. And thanks for listening and come back in next time.